0: Hi everybody and welcome to part 7 of the Metric Minute brought to you by Vault Performance. I'm Kareem Drakawi and today we will jump over the flight phase, no pun intended, on our way to examining peak landing force. Now this metric is exactly what the name describes. It's the highest force value produced when landing after a jump. A safe, typical landing technique begins with initial toe or forefoot contact, and then progresses towards heel contact. This requires rapid eccentric loading of the Achilles calf complex and enables afferent reflex mechanisms to begin a coordinated response. The knees and hips then experience strong torques to decelerate body mass moving at speed. Afterwards, the force trace returns back to body weight levels. Now here are two examples of different landing strategies. The first is an athlete with certain attributes. Notice the weight and vertical jump height. You see that he lands with almost nine times body weight. A quick examination of the eccentric phase shows weak loading ability. Combining weak eccentric performance with a huge peak landing force like this one suggests this athlete may not be able to decelerate hard and fast. Rather, he prepares slowly for the jump and lands very stiffly. However, this athlete is taller and heavier with nearly the same vertical jump height. Notice how his eccentric phase is exceptionally potent, plus his peak landing force is only about three times body weight this suggests he can load effectively and land softly with control thus reducing injury risk the take-home message is that landing forces rely greatly on loading ability comparing results with eccentric phase performance might reveal patterns that can be improved now next time we will zoom out and examine how everything starts to come together until then please feel free to touch base with me or any of us evolved performance thank you
1: the world of strength and conditioning is filled with some awesome practitioners who are always trying to evolve and continue to grow professionally throughout their career. The problem with many of us though, is finding a new outlet, a new way, and a new perspective on the questions that we may have, whether it be programming, whether it be situational with dealing with coaches, or whether it be career advice. Because all too often what happens is we get stuck in with the same group of friends and the same group of colleagues that we reach out to for advice repeatedly over and over again. But what we should really be looking for is different perspectives different people who have been through different situations who can help us make better decisions both for ourselves and our athletes. And one awesome place to start with that is the forums in the Strength Coach Network. In the forums in the Strength Coach Network, you'll be able to reach out and get feedback, input, and advice from coaches from all over the world, from everything, from career advice to training modalities to programming. There's people there just for the same reason as you are, to try to get better, to learn, to share information, and to grow the field of strength and conditioning. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S to dive into all that great content today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Jay DeMeo coming at you with this week's edition of My Thoughts Monday. And this week, I, I'm just going to kind of reflect, review, and, and kind of bounce a little bit around here with some thoughts that have been going through my head and some reviewing as I go back through and look through Improv Wisdom, which is a book that was recommended to me by Allie Kirshner that, uh, on the podcast. Like, she talked about it, and it's the last book that I just finished during 75 Hard. And you know, the 75 Hard program has been really important to me. It's really helped me um, handle myself better, you know, really figure out how to keep myself in line and take care of myself during this really tumultuous and turbulent college basketball season, you know, with all the testing and ups and downs and starts and stops, and pauses and quarantines and all this crazy stuff, man. Like, I'll be honest, there, there were some times where, where I was kind of struggling with, keeping myself in line, and this has really helped, and one of the parts to it is you've got to read 10 pages a day in some sort of a self-help or business book, and you know, when Allie brought this up, I thought it was a a really neat idea, and I, I ordered it right away and got to it, and what this book does is it goes through a bunch of different points or ideas, or as she refers to them as maxims. Uh, when it comes to what improv is and how improv works and what you need to do to be able to kind of harness improv in what you do. And the fifth maxim is one that I think that when you I looked at the title, it made me think there's no way this could work. But I think that this is arguably the most important one from the book and one that fits with us as strength and conditioning coaches really well. So I wanted to talk about her idea of being average. And I know right away, people probably, their ears perked up, like when Sochi hears me say walk, like, wait, what? Jay just said be average? None of us want to be average. We all want to be the best. We all want to win. I mean, like, average is 500. Average is a C. None of us want to be that. All of us want to be better. But there's a lot of things that we do when it comes to our field and how we handle different situations when it comes to programming or conflict or whatever it may be that lessons in this chapter and these ideas that she touches upon are so important. The first of those under you know being average is that close enough is perfect. And I think that that's really important for all of us because we're always looking for like this holy grail of programming, right? That we all know really doesn't exist. There's no one perfect answer. We all got into this for the most part because we were like, man, we want to find the way to make athletes the strongest or the fastest or jump the highest or whatever it may be. And we're going to find the one program that works best for everybody. But as you start to get old and gray and grumpy like yours truly, you start to realize that it really might not exist. And there might be some principles and some ideas that are really what are the foundation for everyone being able to improve. But there isn't some magic bullet that is going to be a cure-all when it comes to performance training. And you need to take a step back and slow down and figure out better ways that you can evaluate and build. But it's never going to be perfect. So finding what's close enough to perfect is close enough and it's perfect. And it's what we need to do. And instead of sitting there and constantly tweaking and flipping through things and having paralysis by analysis in our programming, maybe close enough is really the ideal thing that we need. And then the next point that she talks about in this chapter is, you know, you need to dare to be dull. And this is going to get me kind of on a one by 20 rant, but this is really the thing, right? Like, If it's important, do it every day. It was either Dan John or Coach Boyle that said that, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, obviously, as the quote-unquote one-by-twenty guy, right, that's like my thing. Like, we want to repeat things so you get a little better every day. You get better at the skill. There's better transfer, yada, 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 yada. All those things. We all know what that means. But we're also afraid of that, right? Now, monotony is a real thing. If it gets too boring and it gets too repetitive, well, yeah, they stop trying and things aren't great. I know that. We all know that. But doing the same thing over and over and getting better at the simple things until they, quote-unquote, run out, right? is what we all talk about. But do we all do it? So daring to be dull is something that really is important to us. We need to make sure, like, you're working on your sprint mechanics. You're working on your change of direction mechanics. You're working on your foot placement with things. You're working on how you hold the bar when you back squat. You're reminding people of the width of their hands when they're doing Olympic lifts and things of that nature. The boring stuff. But it's the stuff that's important because you have to do it over and over and over and over to get better at it. So daring to be dull is super important with what we do. It's super important in all of sports, right? Practicing the perfect repetition when your basketball players are out there shooting foul shots, you don't have them turn a different direction or you don't flick the lights on and off, or you don't do crazy stuff like that. It's the same shot every time over and over so that when you have to do it in a game, it's just going through and banging a free throw. It's the same idea with training, right? And at times I think we get away from that. At times I think we get like, man, it's got to be fun and exciting and all of this. Sometimes that's not just for the athletes. That's for us. So, daring to be dull is important. She also discusses thinking inside the box. We love to talk about thinking outside the box. We love to talk about coming up with new ideas and being creative and this, that, and the third. But you got to figure out what's in the box before you fix what's outside the box. You got to be able to have everything, all those boxes checked that are in the importance the important part of what is in the box before you need to start being creative and get out of it. And I I think that's a great point. And then you've got to celebrate the obvious, right? Celebrate the things that are important. Celebrate the things that you see. Celebrate how you can encourage people by seeing a five pound improvement, seeing a half an inch improvement. Any chance you get to celebrate improvement or things that are going well or effort or energy level or whatever it is, do it. Do it. Be happy. People are getting better. Be happy. People are putting forth effort. Be happy. People are dialed in and working hard and working towards your goal. Because if you don't celebrate the obvious, how are you going to celebrate the things that they're not going to see? They need to know, that every bit counts. So the little things and the little improvements that are important, celebrate them, let them know, be excited, and and show them that those improvements matter. Then thinking about it this way, as we communicate with each other across different platforms, whatever it may be, the next point is what's ordinary to you is often a revelation to others. So what does that mean? What your day-to-day is is completely different than someone else's. Your student-athletes or your young people you get to work with are totally different than anyone else's. So what you do, albeit could just be a routine, is completely different than what anyone else lives through. So remember that when you talk to people. Because I think, again, we like to talk down to people at times because they don't understand our specific situation. Listen, I'll point the thumb here with that. I've done that a million times. You know, Everybody at times gets a little defensive or a little takes things a little personal because people don't quite understand their situation. But just because I'm talking to someone in our league about what we're going through doesn't mean it's even remotely close to what their situation is. So maybe they could take something from it. Or maybe them looking at you from the outside in can give you information that could be gratefully helpful to what you're doing. The next one is classics or favorites can be fresh ideas too. And again, I think that comes back to something I brought up a few weeks ago, and that is that all too often we get away from the basics or we rely too much on the basics in the weight room and don't remember like the classics or the things that have always worked. Simple things, and Hank Krishenhoff has talked about this at the seminar. There's a reason people still do things like yoga. And there's reasons why people still do some form of aerobic training. It's because they work, right? There's a reason acupuncture has been around forever. It's because it works. Things that are classic and timeless are classic and timeless for a reason, right? Having different sayings and manipulating how certain exercises are done a little bit this way, that way, or in another way doesn't mean that it's going to improve it. We have to remember that the classics and the traditional things that have worked to help people with specific ailments or specific issues when it comes to performance are what work, right? Sprinting works. Jumping works. Throwing works. Resistance training in a progressive manner works. But we like to get fancy and we like to get too crazy with things because going back, daring to be dull is hard. And doing things repetitively is hard. So sticking with it and not trying to make it too complex too fast then limits our ability to progress later. So those six points in this chapter I think are huge. I think they're really important. And I think that they really made me take a step back when I'm looking at the 1x20 version 5.1 that you guys see me posting on Instagram now what we're doing and how we're progressing it. It really helped me when it came to looking at that, because it comes back to, right, what's important, what are we trying to do, how can we make sure that we're progressing in a slow, safe manner without skipping steps and without forgetting that really the tried and true things that have been tried and true and work are still part of the program. So I wanted to share that because I think it's important. I think it's something that we could all think about when we're looking at our programming. So remember, close enough is always perfect. Because, right, like, perfect is probably something we're never going to find. So find what's close enough. Dare to be dull, okay? Remember, yes, it's important to be entertained for these athletes and for them to like coming to the weight room. But it's also important to do, this, to do things repetitively so you continually progress and get better. Because otherwise, if you're just doing stuff to do stuff, you're not doing stuff to get better. You're just doing stuff to do stuff. Think inside the box. you got to remember that you got to take care of what's inside the box before all of these novel and fun and different crazy initiatives will work. Celebrate the obvious, right? Energy levels, different sort of PRs or betterment in their training. Celebrate them. Make sure the kids know you're fired up and you're excited for their progress. What's ordinary for you is often a revelation for others. Remember, your situation's unique. What you do on a daily basis is what you do, and it's not what other people do. So what you do could be a huge help to someone else. But you sharing what you do to someone else, having that outside angle of what you're doing, could be a huge assistance to you as kind of a, a checkup as to what you're doing. I remember the classics or favorites can be fresh ideas too. There's a reason people do things for as long as they have, and that is. Because they work. So, Allie, loved it. Awesome book. Y'all should check it out. I think it it really did make me a better coach. And it's always cool to read from a PhD who's from the 804, the RVA. So, huge shout-out to her for that. And as always, truly appreciate everything y'all do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another My Thoughts Monday. See you then.